Welcome on Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by Ian Boyd of InsideTexas.com, our X's and O's expert. Uh, Ian, uh, today I want to take a little bit of a different tack with things uh, and talk to you about some of the opposing offenses that we think will uh, push the Longhorn defense a little bit this year. You wrote an article uh, last week uh, that you thought that the Longhorns had some very small uh, deficiencies on defense, uh, worried a little bit about linebacker, about pass rush at the edge, uh, perhaps at safety, perhaps on the run defense with the second team. Uh, but really, it's it's more about what opposing offenses bring to the table and how they can execute against Texas. Uh, what are some of the offenses that you're most concerned with coming into 2023? Well, you know, I've been sort of down on Alabama in general, but really just relative to their expectations as Alabama. Um, you look at that team and the line that they're going to put on the field next year with some five stars in the mix, a really massive right side, big physical tight ends. You know they're going to want to run the ball. All their quarterbacks, I figure Tyler Buckner starts, but all of them can run the ball. And uh, Jamarian Miller, Jace McClellan, that team is going to try to pound teams. And if Texas has any weaknesses at on the edge, weak side edge, replacing a gofu, diagnosing at linebacker, um, at safety if Catalan gets hurt or he can't go and they have to play another safety, any deficiencies in the run defense, they might show up in Tuscaloosa in week two. And that may be the first time they show up in the season before the staff has really worked out solutions. So that one is a very good just overall stress test of the Texas run defense and what kind of shape they'll be in. Yeah, and to your point, it, it always brings another element when the quarterback can run, right? And ostensibly that, that will be what uh, Alabama brings to the table no matter which quarterback – uh, they seemingly go to uh, other offenses that you think let me are going to. Let me say on Alabama too, to your point, uh, P. Kwiatkowski's normal approach to the quarterback is to just take away the quarterback run game by having the edges contain the ball inside and just say, we're not going to try to deal with the option. We're not going to make sure our players have it all straight. We're just going to contain the ball inside and you got to earn it the hard way downhill against our tackles and our linebackers, um, which is, Probably how you'd want to play it with Texas's defense the last couple of years. But if they do miss <clears throat> Ojimo and Coburn, then Alabama will be, you know, that's the team that they'll miss them against. Got it. Um, Alabama, by the way, I talked to, to uh, Paul Wallington yesterday on the Saturday conversation, Ian, and uh, he said uh, he was telling me that uh, Alabama opened up as eight and a half point favorites. Uh, so more than a touchdown uh, in Tuscaloosa against the Longhorns. All right, something to watch as we go forward. The next offense I, uh, on the schedule, I want to try to go down and skip a few here. Baylor's offense last year was just not as good as it was the previous year uh, when they won the the, the uh, Big 12 championship. Why was that, in your opinion? I think um, the reason that Blake Shapin kind of took over the job was because he was really a better passer than Jerry Bohannon. But – that didn't matter as much when they no longer had Tyquan Thornton, who's now a New England Patriot. Tyquan Thornton made their offense, it just took it to another level because he's just flying down the field and you had to worry about that. And then they could run the ball and they could use Jerry Bohannon in the run game because he was a big physical athletic quarterback. Uh, 
So they lost Thornton, and then they also lost the quarterback run game dynamic. Shapin, it turned out, without those sort of um, without the sort of uh, crutch of having Taekwon Thornton, he was diminished. A lot of his weaknesses got exposed, and uh, and they also didn't have their you know drafted running back Abram Smith. I think they played. Uh, they settled mostly on a freshman named um, uh, Richard Reese or something like that, who was their main running back. He was pretty good running behind that line, but he was not the same. Like Abram Smith wore teams out in the fourth quarter in 2021. And Reese was like a 185-pound guy that wanted to get outside and just was not the same. So, they, I mean, they had downgrades at almost every position um, across the unit except the line. Do you, let's move. So you don't expect, do you expect Baylor to be fundamentally different this year or do you expect more of the same? They might be a little better. Um, they have some good tight ends. Uh, they have another year to work with Shapin, find a receiver. They have some young receivers that maybe could, could make a step. They have like an Arkansas transfer. I wouldn't be shocked if they're better, but then they also, the line that had everybody so high on them heading into the year was just pulled apart by graduation in the draft. So they got a couple of BYU transfers of like Clark and Campbell Barrington, um, some like underclassmen. They're, they're rebuilding the line. It seems like their line coach is really good. Maybe it'll go really well, but uh, you know, maybe it won't. So Texas, it's the first big 12 game for Texas fourth game of the season. Uh, that's one of the reasons I want to go on that. Uh, a surprise. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, in Waco. Um, the surprise of the Big 12 in many ways last year was Kansas. Um, Jalen Daniels, uh, probably the Big 12's best returning quarterback, at least statistically. Uh, they run an offense that's very fit to his skill set. Uh, are they one of the better offenses, in your opinion, uh, in the Big 12? They might be. I don't know if they have a receiver that's really going to scare a team like Texas. You know, they really caught some teams early in the year. Jalen Daniels is a great runner, great athlete. Their line is getting a lot better with that new coaching staff. Um, but I think against a team like Texas that can put more, you know, high caliber defensive backs in the field, you just, you hit a wall, like a the offense can, an offense like that can really plateau. So I don't know without a receiver if they're really, as dangerous as they seemed early in the year or not. And we also didn't get a lot of great tests for them because unfortunately Jalen Daniels got hurt in like, like game six or game seven before they really got into the meat of their conference schedule. Um, and he played against Texas, but it was probably not a hundred percent. We've got to keep our eye on him is what I'd say, but I, they don't, I, I, I'm not, I'm not penciling them into the top four even just yet. So the first two conference games, Baylor, Kansas, their offenses, um, I, I think Kansas has a weapon in their quarterback. Uh, yeah. Then Texas goes to the Cotton Bowl and plays Oklahoma first Saturday in uh, uh, October. Um, Dylan Gabriel is back, did not play against Longhorns last year, um, had a pretty good year overall. What, what to expect from the OU offense? Are they better this year? They're definitely going to be better than what Texas saw a year ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Firsthand. But are they going to actually be better overall uh, if you take that Texas game out of? I actually want to say no. Normally, a year two, you get such a nice bump in year two of a system. But they just had five guys drafted from that offense. 
you know, they inherited, well, they brought in Gabriel, who was a, who was experienced in that system. I think Gabriel's really actually not that good or imposing of a quarterback, to be honest, but he knew what he was, he knew how to run the system. He's not terrible for sure. Um, two NFL tackles on the team last year that were drafted NFL running back and uh, Cyrus Eric, Eric Gray. Thank you. I was like, no, that's Cyrus Gray used to play for A&M. Yeah. yeah. Eric Gray was a good running back. Uh, Marvin Mims ran like a 4-3 or 4-4 at the Combine. He had 1,000 yards. They could scheme him open on deep shots in that Art Bryles offense all day long, except against Texas because they couldn't throw it. They had a lot of really easy weapons to make that transition that are all gone. Um, they're bringing in like two or three starting linemen in the transfer portal. Um, they're starting over at receiver to some extent. They're, they're accepting every – transfer receiver that can get a hold of. I just, they lost their tight ends as well. Who was drafted, brought Austin Stogner back. I don't think they're going to be bad. And I think they will be better than Texas saw last year, but I don't know if they'll be as, I think they may be like treading water overall to what they were last year until they really get multiple Corey Coleman. If anyone remembers that guy, caliber receivers that they can put on the field at the same time and until they can get jackson arnold comfortable behind center got it um i i feel like ou is going to be better in year two but probably more so on defense than all it will be better oh yeah 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 yeah. Uh, houston and byu are next on the schedule either of those two teams present anything that you're uh possibly concerned about I, just as a quick, Houston, we talked about them in the live stream on Friday. They have Donovan Smith schemed up by Dana Holgerson. And they have some uh, they have some receivers like uh, uh, Golden, right? Uh, there was Golden, a, yep. a blue chip guy uh, out of Texas just a couple years ago. They have weapons. If they can block worth a lick, um, they might be dangerous. BYU, I think, is actually could be quite good because they just always develop receivers really well. Maybe because it's such a skill-intensive position and they routinely have, you know, Mitt Romney's, like, 25-year-old nephew or, you know, <laughs> some kid that did a, a mission and is maybe not quite an NFL talent, but he's he's 25 and he's been working at the craft for a long time. They, that's That was when Steve Sarkeesian was there. That was their thing, too. They've, they've maintained that. And they got Caden Slovis in the transfer portal, who's now will be, I believe, a fifth-year starter at quarterback. Um, so they might be, they might be dangerous. I'm, I'm glad that Texas does not have to play them in Provo this year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. When you get them there with that altitude and a kind of sneaky, boisterous crowd, it's, I think they're going to catch some Big 12 teams by surprise this year. After that BYU game, Texas hosts Kansas State, Big 12 champs from a year ago. Uh, you know, Will Howard really played well at the end of last year, I thought. Uh, took over for Adrian Martinez and, you know, led them to the to the Big 12 championship. Uh, and I feel like they, they lose Deuce uh, Vaughn, but they got the backup – they got the, the running back from Florida State. Yeah. Uh, they got some other pieces of the puzzle. And they're just really well coached. And they're not – they seem to be the team that's not going to make too many mistakes themselves, right? Yep. They're really, I mean, it's the same team as Snyder. Uh, they found the perfect guy in climbing to just kind of run just like a slightly different script for the same success. Um, and it's, it's working pretty well. They are, they're very big and physical on the offensive line. I thought it took Texas like maybe a, a drive before they really adjusted to like, oh, these guys are a little different than these other big 12 teams we've faced. Um Big walk-on tight end that might be drafted, amazingly enough. I don't know where they always find these kids. Um, when, is the, when is the bye week for Texas? Is it just before this game? or it, No, it's it, the bye week for Texas is right after OU in going into Houston, then BYU, and then November 4th is Kansas State in Austin. Um, you know, are they going to have a big play guy? Uh, that's, or, that's the question, I think. Um, Malik Knowles is gone. Kurt Warner's kid, Cade, is gone. They have some like Iowa transfer that is could be make or break, basically, at wide receiver. Yep. Um, they also – I don't know if their line is, like, brilliant in pass protection. They really had problems with Texas last year. That's basically why Texas held on and won. It was because they when they were – whenever they were in third and long, they could not block Texas's defensive line. And um, if they get behind and they're having to block Texas's pass rush and blitzes in Austin – maybe in a night game, if, if both teams are having the kind of season they expect to have, I, I think that that's going to be trouble for the Wildcats. Last three games on the schedule uh, that I that I think are interesting, start with TCU. It goes TCU, Iowa State, then Texas Tech, starting a new quarterback in, in Chandler Morris. Um, do you think they're, they're bound for a repeat on offense, or are they going to take a step back in your opinion? I think they'll take a big step back. I think last year, I've actually been watching them against Michigan recently um, for another article. They are they really had explosive guys last year that just made things work for them. Like they would have plays where things broke down and dug in who ran a four or five at the combine would take off and make something happen. They hit Quentin Johnston for a screen. Maybe it's covered up. He still fights for six yards. Maybe it's not well defended. He goes to the house. Kendra Miller was one of the hardest running backs to tackle in the country last year, really overshadowed by Bijan Robinson in another year where there's not like this generational talent at running back. I think Kendra Miller is better recognized for what a talent he was. Those guys are all gone. The guys they have now are much more like precision skill guys like Chandler Morris. If he beats you, it's going to be because he converted a dozen third downs to uh, John Paul Richardson, their transfer from Oklahoma state. It's going to be because they were able to check down to former Longhorn Jared Wiley to get 
pick up some hard yards. They're able to run the ball. They do not have those explosive playmakers that I see on their roster right now um, who can, you know, just cover up a, a multitude of sins for them anymore. And so I, I don't know that Sonny Dykes is going to put out a bad product on offense, but I could see them taking a significant step back, a, a really significant step. All right, let's go. I, I think that you're probably right, and I think they're going to take a step back on defense too. Um, at that yeah. same time, how large is that step? And I think that's what we all have to wait and see and see how it plays out this year. Um, pro, the last away game for Texas, or at least true away game uh, during the regular season, is going to Iowa State. Uh, what do you think of that one in their oh. offense with Hunter Deckers? I was talking to somebody about the, the 2022 Iowa State game earlier, and um, it just felt that whole game like it, it seems like Texas is a lot better than this team. It's just a matter of time, surely, before the scoreboard reflects it. And then instead, you know, it was uh, their quarterback missing a wide-open receiver down the field that was the difference in winning or losing. And He it, didn't uh, miss him. The quarterback it, just the, – the receiver just dropped it. I, I kind of think he threw him off his line and that the only reason it was close is because the receiver made a good play. But we, we can get all 22 in quibble someday. But, um, uh, um, oh, yeah, Anthony Cook had to save the game also with that uh, fumble, on forced fumble on the big – the big – also probably like this far away from being targeting, right? Yeah. Like, it was such a close game. That thing just drags you into the mud and – you you just got to get out of like an ugly fist fight to get to, to overcome that team. Um, so I'm certainly wary of that game. It's like exactly the kind of game where you don't want to go in with like a, maybe a big injury, a quarterback that you don't want anyone to know about, or like a missing piece, a linebacker or something. Um, Texas should beat them. I Iowa State this year. I'm just I get a vibe about them. They just see they just seem like they could be in for a bounce back. They were like one and eight last year. And five or six of their losses were by like a field goal, you know? So, yeah, I can't keep an eye on them. Yeah, I like their quarterback if he doesn't throw interceptions. That's – he's got he's to stop doing that, uh, as they all do. Now, probably the most productive offense in the Big 12 comes to town at the very end of the season. That's Texas Tech, the day after Thanksgiving. Um, what are your thoughts on what the Red Raiders will bring to Austin – uh, Taj Boyd is back. Tyler Sloth, the quarterback, is back. Uh, they've got some other pieces uh, on Brooks. offense. What's that? Taj Brooks. Yeah. Oh, Taj Brooks. I'm sorry. Um, what are your thoughts on them as an offense? And do you think they have uh, the people that, that it's going to take to beat Texas in Austin? I think they're going to be a little closer to this year. I think they still may have that sort of fourth down aggression that was kind of their patent last year. But I think they're also going to be much more explosive and dangerous with the uh, deep shot passing that um, Kitley learned under Cliff Kingsbury back when he was a assistant at Tech, and that he, you know, he was he made his name at Houston Baptist and at uh, Western Kentucky with like a Stearns brother going deep, and whoever they had at Kentucky Bailey Zap. I think we're going to see something closer to that because they got a lot of guys back at receiver. They added a really fast slot. And Dre McCray, who went for like 80 on Alabama last year when uh, I think he was at Austin P, I believe, and, and they played Alabama and he had a good game. And um, 
yeah, Tyler Sheck has a big arm. Baron Morton has a big arm. Line is veteran. Probably, I don't know if there's any NFL guys in there, but they are veterans. They're gonna, they're just gonna be swinging for the fences, throwing it deep, making up for it by going forward on fourth down. Um, it's just, just a, just a really tough team. Seems like Longhorn fans don't want to hear that. I always get a lot of pushback on the idea that Tech will be good. I think. Well, what, let me ask you this. I mean, what is it about their offense that you think? presents problems for Texas. And, and I mean, look, you can say what you want, but they're one of the more productive offenses of the big 12. Uh, so it's not just against Texas, but what is it in particular that they do so well in your opinion? I think um, they are very aggressive throwing a deep and they're pretty good at it. I think they'll, this year they'll be significantly improved at it. And even when you have, you know, really good corners, really good defense in general, a 50-50 ball is still, you know, you land a couple of those, it changes the game. And if you take enough of them, it's kind of like taking a ton of three-point shots in a basketball game. You, you start to hit them, you hit a run of them, and all of a sudden it just completely overwhelms every other factor in a game because those deep shots do so much more damage. And they they afford themselves extra opportunities to take them. So like a normal team, you throw a deep on first and 10, incomplete, now you're in the hole. Right, you only got two more downs to pick up the first. Because Tech was so willing to go for it on fourth down, they just kind of gained an extra play every possession, right? And they would use that extra play to take the shot. So not only were they were they gaining margin from that, but they were they were using it to really maximize their ability to land a game-changing play. So it's a very smart, it's kind of an analytics approach. It's like an analytics approach combined with this like super tough, hard-nosed um, high, former high school football coach and Joey McGuire. Uh, I know that they they're like a they're really a bitter taste in Texas's fans' mouths right now because of last year and McGuire running his mouth after the win. But you got to respect their approach right now. It's really really smart and really effective. All right, uh, let's let's sum this up for folks. Who are your top three opposing offenses for Texas to face this coming year? Tech, Alabama, of course. And uh, I will say Kansas State third. Um, that'd be the one that maybe I would change my mind on as we see how the season goes. But, uh, yeah. Tech, Alabama, and Kansas State, uh, the three probably the best ones. Oklahoma. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see what what happens with the, the guys they've got coming. Uh, but all in all, it's going to be an interesting Big 12. Nine of the 14 teams return starters. I, at, I, will say, I will say on Oklahoma, even if they even if they score points on Texas next year because of the nature of their scheme, if it's a close game and it comes down to it, I just would not be afraid of Dylan Gabriel. I just I wouldn't. His ability to make good progressions, his ability to see openings because he's small. Um, I just, I think he's, I think he's a G five, you know, little fish in a bigger pond. You're providing some bulletin board material right now, Ian. Uh, so and I'm sure, I'm sure that I'm sure the Oklahoma fans that love you will be happy to provide that. So, all right, uh, Ian, that's going to do it for this Sunday. I appreciate it, bud. Uh, terrific stuff. Uh, as always, Ian Boyd of InsideTexas.com. For Ian, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this. That's been Sundays in, on Texas football. Have a good one.